Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to part six, lecture six of the purpose of singleness course. I hope you guys have been enjoying. I hope you guys have been learning something. I hope this course so far has helped you really embrace your singleness. And if this is your first time watching this video, I want to say welcome. You jumped in um, to part five or part six. I kind of forgot of the purpose of singleness course. This course designed to help you maximize your singleness and make sure that you're utilizing it and positioning yourself uh, in that season for God's glory. So if there's something that you want to be a part of, make sure you go to lifework.teachable.com to learn more. But today we're going to be talking about double-mindedness and singleness. We're going to be talking about what delays a lot of singles from being destiny uh, pursuers, from being individuals that are connected to the divine and who are disciplined in their in every moment, maximizing it for the glory of God uh, for future stages of their life, uh, proving themselves to be more effective and efficient for his use. So we're going to get into our notes pretty soon, but I want to give everyone a chance um, to come in. Uh, no, this is, the Q&A will be at the end. Uh, every Thursday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, I'm going to be for the next year and a half, uh, going to be talking about singleness. And so I'm going to talk for probably about a good hour. But after that hour, I'm going to open up for some Q&A. But let me look in the chat box and see who's in here. I think you guys were talking before. So the Q&A won't happen till later. Um, hey, what's going on, Jennifer? What's going on, Sugar Mama? I'm so excited for this teaching. Thank you, Coach. You're so welcome. Roll the beer. <clears throat> What's going on? Uh, yeah, no Q&A until the end. Hey, coach, can't wait for the nuggets of wisdom. They'll be given. I know God has a lot of points. <laughs> Look at the notes. We got a lot to share today. First time, welcome. So I'm going to give you guys some opportunity uh, to let me know where y'all watching from. Those who are live, let me know where you're watching from. And those who's watching later, want to say thank you so much for watching. Those who's listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, want to say thank you all so much for, for, for being a part of this community online and trusting um, the wisdom and the word of God is in me that God uses uniquely through my, my, my uh, makeup um, to be able to help you all. So we got Texas in the building. Beauty 0707, first time. We're glad to have you. Yay, I'm catching a live. Thanks, Coach. Your teaching has really been helping me since I vowed to be. Listen, I'm so glad it's been a blessing to you, Joanna. God gets the glory. Hey, Coach, thank you all for all you do. I love you, my brother in Christ. Holy Spirit, thank you so much, Alexis. Indiana in the building. Illinois is in the building. Tulsa, Oklahoma in the building. Listening from Augusta, Georgia. Thank you so much for listening. I mean, for joining us from all these different places. So go ahead and share this video. Share this broadcast, Toronto, Trinidad in the building, Wilmington, Delaware. Go ahead and share this for all your friends, those who are single or in an unsure relationship. Covington, Georgia, Wilmington, Delaware. Hey, Coach Harry, I'm doing exceptionally well. Long day. We had a tornado uh, um, warning in our, in our area at the school, so I was locked down with like 200 kids. But either way, God gets the glory. Kansas City in the building. Hope y'all doing well. We'll give y'all probably another few more seconds to get in. All those who want to be a part of the class tonight, I'm sure a lot of people's going to watch later. It is an odd time. I think it's what, 4.30 West Coast time and early in the morning in other countries. Columbus, Ohio in the building. We're going to go about a few more seconds and we're going to get right into our points. Like again, like I said before, we're going to be talking about singleness and double minus London in the building. I know single not ready to mingle and that's okay. It's okay to be single and, and wise enough to know that I'm not ready to mingle. That is wisdom. Pray for Florida 20 to 1. I'm praying for y'all too. We just went through it ourselves in Charlotte. But let's get right into it for time's sake. We've been we're waiting for about three minutes or so. We're going to get right into our point. So California in the building, thank you for joining. 
But if you got your notes, for those who want the notes and the worksheets and a holistic plan that comes with this course, this course is free. But if you want exclusive content, it's free as well, but you have to sign up. So far, we have, last time I checked, 698 students. Now, how many of them are still engaging? It's, it's not about that. It's about being having the resources there for them when they're ready to jump in. So if you want the exclusive content, go to lifework.teachable.com. Uh, and register for the purpose singleness course. This book now, this course birth from my book, The Purpose of Singleness. And I believe my book's in the car <laughs> and I forgot to bring it in. But that book is what Spanish. You can get that book now on Amazon, The Purpose of Singleness by Joshua. But to get right into our points today, our main thought from the evening Fiji in the building. Thank you for watching for Suva, Fiji, Brooklyn, New York in the building. You're glad to have you. Main thought for tonight. Main thought for tonight. So go ahead and get your notes. If you don't, if you haven't downloaded the notes already, no worries. Go ahead and get a pen and a pad, and we're gonna get right and see what God has to say for us. The main thought for the evening, when it comes to double-mindedness and singleness, is this: instability. Hear me closely. <clears throat> instability is the fruit of relying on two farmers or sources. Instability is the fruit of trying to rely on two farmers or sources. You will never find your way within the way through double-mindedness. See what I'm saying? Where can we get the notes? Let me make sure I'm going to get you a link right now. I want to make sure y'all get right to it. So for those who's joining me now can be able to get those notes right now and follow along with me. Let me get those notes for you right here. Uh-oh. All right. Let me post the notes right here for you all in the chat box. That's where you can get the notes right now. <clears throat> so you can be able to follow along with us. If you got a printer, you can print. You're so welcome. No problem. You can print it out now or you kind of just watch it digitally and print it later um, as you take notes on the pad. Just in case I elaborate on some things, but at least you'll be able to follow on. The main thought for tonight is instability is the fruit. Instability is the fruit of trying to rely on two different sources. You will never find your way within the way through double minus. Now, what does that mean? That there's a way that we're supposed to live our lives. There's a way that we're supposed to go, a decisive way, a way of clarity, a way of wisdom within the way that the Bible says narrow is the way <clears throat> and narrow is the uh, narrow is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. And broad is the way, and broad is the broad is the uh, gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Meaning that the Bible talks about that few will find the way, um, but the way is Jesus. And as we go through that way, there's a way that He wants us to live. There's a way that He wants to, us to be creative. There's a way that He wants to live our life. But we 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 will be unable to find our way within the way with double mindedness. So my goal this evening is to bring clarity, or to help you get within the proximity of clarity to understand single-mindedness and the importance of, of, of being focused mentally, endeavoring to accomplish what God wants you to do in this phase of your life. And like I said before, instability is the fruit of trying to rely on two sources, meaning that a person is unstable in all their ways when they are not focused on the way. Now, today we're going to talk about these three things. Today we're going to talk about what is double-mindedness, what causes double-mindedness, and how to defeat double-mindedness. We're going to be talking about what is double-mindedness, what causes double-mindedness, and how to defeat double-mindedness. And also within this, we're going to be talking a lot about doubt because the fruit of double-mindedness is doubt. 
Let's get to the scripture for this evening. And let's see where we're going to anchor ourselves in regards to the text of the word of God. The text for today is going to be out of James 1 verses 5 through 8. So if you have your Bible or you have your notes, you can follow along with me. James 1, 5 through 8. The rest of the scriptures you can read through through your leisure. I may jump into some of them in this lecture, but I try to give you extra verses to, to meditate on, to digest on, and allow the Holy Spirit to add to the foundation that he wants me to lay for you all today. But the Bible reads, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously, not stingily, <laughs> stingingly, but generously, to all without reproach and will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he or she will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded, she or he is a double-minded man, unstable in all those ways. We have a lot of points. The Bible is going to break that down. But I want you to at least see where we're going, where we're coming from, so that you'll know that everything that I'm speaking today is scripturally based. But let's get into what is double-mindedness. Let's get to some definitions to help us better process what does the text mean about double-mindedness and when it talks about doubt. Let's look at the problem. Many singles are delaying themselves due to double-mindedness. They are delaying themselves due to being double-minded. Their lack of clarity is causing instability in their lives. They are asking for stability without the stabilizer. Let's break that down. Many singles are delaying themselves due to double-minded. Double minded. Meaning, there's a lot of singles out there delaying their opportunities of marriage, delaying their opportunities of success or stewardship, delaying their opportunities to, to understand and grasp and engage peace, love, and joy in its divine sense due to being double-minded. The devil's ultimate objective is to have you double-minded, to have you unstable, to have you mentally halt between two opinions. Many singles are delaying themselves, marriage, success, stewardship, promotion, due to double-mindedness. Their lack of clarity is causing instability in their lives. There's a lot of men, a lot of women who are in situations right now where they they have external stability, quote unquote, but they internally and stay unstable. Meaning they have a husband, not husband, they have a boyfriend, they have a girlfriend, they have a job, they have all these different things, but but they're still unstable or there's still instability inside of them due to their lack of clarity. Next point, they are asking for stability without the stabilizer. You see what I'm saying? They're asking for stability without the stabilizer. Many people want a stable life, but they don't want the stabilizer. The stabilizer is the precious spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is there to be a comforter. Why did Jesus say that he must he must be expedient for the ghost that he'll send the comforter? Because life, you need someone to comfort you, to counsel you, to let you know, even in, in tough situations, to let you know that life is going to be all right in him. You are not going to you're not going to be able to have a stable marriage, a stable career, a stable life without the stabilizer. It is through the Holy Spirit that singleizes our mind, stabilizing our souls, ensuring that we have a sure, clear path to follow. 
Are you endeavoring to have a life without the stabilizer? Because no matter what you acquire, no matter what you gather in life, without the Holy Spirit present and and, um, made or allowed to be the leader in that area, it will not be stabilized. If I do not welcome the Holy Spirit in my marriage, if I don't humble myself to the Holy Spirit's leading, then my marriage will be unstable. If my wife, no matter who else or whatever, whatever you endeavoring to do, without the Holy Spirit, you will be double-minded and unstable in all your ways. He is the great equalizer. He is the great stabilizer that ensures that you see life clarity, that you that you walk at a steady place, and that you walk by faith and not by sight, ensuring that success and stewardship is paramount in your life. What are you pursuing right now without consulting the stabilizer? What sources or securities are you surrounding your life with without making sure that the Holy Spirit is at the center of it? Many singles are delaying themselves due to double-mindedness. Their lack of clarity is causing instability in their lives. They are asking for stability without the stabilizer. Let's keep going. The root of double-mindedness is doubt and dual dependence. You see what I'm saying? The root of double minus. Let's get down to the root. The root of double minus, evident in the text, is doubt and dual dependence. Now, let's break down some definitions of double minus, doubt, and dual dependence so that you can have some understanding of where we're discussing tonight. Double minus, by definition, is wavering in mind and undecided. Double minus, by definition, is one who is wavering in mind or undecided. A person with two minds or affections. Double minus by definition is a person who wavers in their mind and are undecided. Indecisive individuals, basically. A person with two minds and affections. Now, what does that mean? There are individuals who are double-minded. They have two minds. They have a mind that endeavors to do right and a mind that endeavors to do wrong, and they're in constant conflict, and the individual has yet to make a decision on the way they desire to think. They also have dual affections. They have two affections, meaning that a person may have affections for God, but still have affections for the world. And when you got one foot over here and one foot over there, you end up not going anywhere. And a lot of people are halt between two opinions. They haven't fully been they haven't fully been convinced of the stability, the security, and, and the sureness in Christ, and they're still trying to seek for other securities to, in, to find holistic security without first making sure they're secured and stabilized by Jesus. He must be the sure foundation that you build your life on, period. But a lot of people are still in between. They're lukewarm. The Bible says, I'd rather for you to be hot or cold. But if you're not going, you lukewarm. He said, I'll spew you out of my mouth. He said, I'd rather for you to be honest with me and say, God, I don't want nothing to do with you. I'd rather stay cold. Or God, I'm fully involved and fully in love with you. Let's go. And I'm hot for you. But a lot of people are unstable, lukewarm, and are halt between two opinions because they have two minds and two affections. You cannot endeavor to be successful and birth eternal value if you still are halt between the things of God and the things of this world. You're not going to be successful. If you want your singleness to be maximized, if you want your singleness to be successful, you have to make a decision. You have to be single minded. You have to be sure on who God is and his attributes, the validity of of Jesus, the God man, the validity of the Holy Spirit, the infallibility of the word of God, knowing that I know in whom I believe and I will not waver until you get to that place. You will not be successful in any place 
in life. Double-mindedness means a wavering mind or an undecided person. A person with two minds or two affections. That's right. Lukewarmness leads to double-mindedness. Double-mindedness is a byproduct of lukewarmness. All right? So let's look at the word doubt. Doubt, by definition, is to call into question the truth of something, to be uncertain, lack of confidence. Doubt is to call into question the truth of something, to be uncertain or a lack of confidence. What does doubt mean? Basically, it means that, okay, when it comes to God, it's almost as if I'm calling him into question to see if he's true. That that because uh, um, God doesn't come when I want him or because God is not uh, 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 the Santa Claus that I thought he was, that all of a sudden I began to doubt him. Poor perspective, lukewarmness, double-mindedness leads to doubt, meaning that I doubt God because I, 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 I'm, I'm putting God in, 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 in competition with other forms of source. And now I'm putting both to the test without first realizing that no matter what test you do, he's still the best. But there has to come a point in your mind that your mind becomes renewed on the validity of who he is. And the thing about God, God ain't on God, God is so God that he don't he don't got time to prove himself to you. He says, man, in Romans chapter one, my, my excellency, my essence, my personhood is plainly seen throughout creation. God doesn't play peeky boo because the, Jesus also said that if I sung you a song, you wouldn't dance. If I sung you a morning song, you wouldn't mourn. Basically, Jesus, what Jesus was saying is no matter what I do, my, my, my miracles don't change the heart. You see what I'm saying? Faith does. Right. So what he's saying is that why am I going to play these games to make you a believer when I am here? I have enough in who I am. I've done miracles. I've proven to you. I spoke words of life for you to prove that I'm true. God is not going to bend over backwards and become a pansy just to make you a believer. He said, man, it's clearly seen who I am. You see what I'm saying? But a lot of people doubt him because we have in this generation, in this age, many other forms of sources or what I call resources that we make sources. So we begin to doubt when we begin to call into question the truth of something or that we're uncertain about something or lack confidence. The devil's ultimate objective is to get you to the lowest level, which is doubt. Doubt is what is what births a uh, belief, disbelief, right? So, so what he does is he poses questions. Let me have you question God by the questions that I that I that I question you with, causing you to doubt him. A subtle doubt. The devil doesn't want to significantly have you doubt God. He just wants to give you enough evidence to prove to you that he is not going to come through. Basically, for those who are single, have you not been single too long? If God is such a good God, why, if God is all powerful, why can't just God just fly your man right now? If God is all powerful, if God is good, if God loves you, why hasn't he revealed your wife to you? If God is so good, if God is so faithful, why are you still where you are? <clears throat> if God is so merciful and so kind and blessing everybody, why are you still at your mom's house? Versus why not question yourself on why you are where you are? 
Why not question possibly? I know God is all knowing, all powerful. I know God is good and I know God is well able to do everything. So if God is well able to do everything, why isn't everything here? And so if everything's not here, let me look at the other variable outside of the equation, the most flawed area, which is me. What am I not doing? Or if we both are doing what we do, I trust God's timing. That's the mindset you have to, that you must have, or you're not going to be successful because no matter what it is that you endeavor to achieve in life, you will be questioned. God will be called into question every time. That's the way the devil sabotages your destiny. Everything, if you meet a person, if you're single for for a long period of time, his goal is to bring God into questioning in your mind and have you questioning God, which leads to doubting God, which leads to drifting from God, which leads to making decisions without God, which causes your destiny not to be endorsed by, or, 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 or the areas of your life not being endorsed by him. And it happens all the time. That's why you got to know God for yourself. You got to know God thoroughly so that your mind doesn't become halt between two opinions. Or if you do have two options in front of you, you know the common denominator, the great equalizer, the great stabilizer will not, will not withhold wisdom from you and will help you understand what you need to do. But Tom says, let's keep going. Dual dependence, by definition, is the desire to be supported by two opposite extremes. The root of double minus is doubt and dual dependence. Dual dependence, the desire is the desire to be supported by two opposite extremes. Meaning, um, I want to be solely supported by God and money. I want to be fully supported by my old way of thinking and the Christ way of thinking. I want to be dual supported by the things of God and things of this world. Many people, the reason why they double mind or have yet to make a decision is because they like two things. They want, they want, they want polygamy. They want multiple p- parties in a relationship. They want God and they want God plus this. And God is like, listen, I'm equal to none. I'm equal to nobody. And so anytime you try to make or try this, God doesn't mind things becoming a resource. God begins to mind things when you want two sources. You cannot serve God or money. You cannot serve your old passions and the things of God. You can't serve them both. There has to come a place where you look at your singleness and say, you know what? I'm going to make my mind up. I'm going to make a decision to follow God. Because if you don't, you're going to be in the same situation two or three years from now. And an enemy is going to still be calling God into question, having you doubt him even more. And be discouraged and disappointed and and distance yourself even more. Let's keep going for some more points. There's three types of doubt. Real quickly, three types of doubt. A moment of doubt, moments of doubt, immovable doubt. There's three types of doubt. So I'm not trying to elude that you're never going to, I wouldn't even say doubt, um, but, but question. Like Mary. The difference between Mary and John the Baptist's dad is that Mary asked a legitimate question. Mary was like, yo, I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? And it was an honest question. John the Baptist had a little sarcasm with it. You see, John the Baptist's dad had a little sarcasm. His doubt, the doubts were different. One, Mary didn't doubt. She just questioned to gain understanding. Uh, John's father 
was a little bit more dismissive of the information, almost sarcasm. God knows the heart. There's going to be a moment where you're going to be tempted to doubt, but you love God more than everything. There may be moments where you doubt, but your heart still desires to have belief. But there's also a form of doubt, which is immovable doubt, where people just like, I just doubt God completely. Where are you? Now, how do you handle these moments and moments of doubt? You handle it by understanding and deepening your understanding of the divine. The more you deepen your devotion with God and you get to know him in a deeper way, when those moments of questioning come, you will be able to say, God, I don't know how that's going to be done, but I trust you. God, I, I need a little bit more information because I'm a little bit nervous versus my, that ain't going to happen. All right, whatever. Now, okay. And there's a little chuckle and sarcasm. That's the difference. But there are some people who have immovable doubt. Next point. For some, double-mindedness is ingrained in their personality. For some people, they're just double-minded. And these people are indecisive, non-productive, procrastinating, people who blame others, people who make excuses, people who, who just fall into poor habits. These people are double-minded people, and they're not successful. Let's keep going. Now, what causes double-mindedness? What causes double minds? I spelled the word doubt. Now, what causes doubt? Since the root of double minds is doubt. D-O-U-B-T. And then we're going to talk about what are people the most double-minded about. Let's break this down. What causes doubt? What causes you to subtly or significantly doubt God? Let's keep going. D. Disappointments and deception. It's simple. The reason why many of us find ourselves doubting and then double-minded and then end up dysfunctional is due to disappointment. Like you've heard me say in many videos, the only time God will ever disappoint you is when you put false expectations on him. We become disappointed not because God disappointed us because he wasn't who he said he was or he didn't accomplish what he said he was going to do. It is that we disappoint ourselves for having a subpar view of the divine. And when you don't have the right angle or understanding of the divine, you will disappoint yourself and then make yourself believe that God disappointed you, which leads you to doubting him in the future. That's one of the greatest tactics of the enemy. Have you put false expectations on God, uh, uh, sourced by false doctrines of preachers, false doctrines of, 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 of the word of God and the things of God, having you to believe the wrong attributes of God, and then when you believe those things and then you and then you demand God to act on those things. And then when those things don't happen, it puts you in a disappointed state. And then you no longer want to be dependent on God. And then you fall into doubting him and you go into single mindedness in the other extreme of going the wrong way. And that's where you have to look at yourself and say, OK, is this instability in my life due to my poor understanding of the doctrinal truths of God that's leading, leading me to doubt the divine? But I only reason why I'm doubting him because I disappointed myself and putting man-like expectation on him and not seeing him correctly. Number one, D, disappointments. Number two, deception. The devil's ultimate objective is to have you deceived into believing a lie that leads to disappointments, which then leads to doubt. He wants you to believe the lie of the tr of the truth and then when that don't come when that transaction don't happen disappointments occur there's disappointments and deceptions keep going what causes doubt oh others who doubt doubters 
causes other people to doubt. If you surround yourself with people that doubt God, that doubt the, the truths of life, doubt marriage, doubt purity, doubt abstinence, doubt the Holy Spirit supporting them, doubt, 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 then you're going to become a doubter as well. So what causes doubt? Other people who doubt. Who's around you? Are you around people who are strong believers that walk by faith and not by sight? People who are not easily moved because God is immovable? People who are confident and anchored in the truth of God and are walking in accordance of it? Or are you a person around people that in their lives you see that they doubt God, that they honor him with their lips, but their hearts doubt him? Because that's going to prove and make you a doubtful person, which will cause you to be double-minded and then potentially single-minded in a, in a deadly direction. Some people's disappointments leads to doubt. Their doubt leads to double-mindedness. Their double-mindedness leads to single-mindedness in a dangerous direction, in the wrong direction. That's what happens. People come into God, come into the deceptional deceptions of doctrinal truths, deceived by, by, by preachers and, and worldviews and understandings of God, and they put false expectation on God, get disappointed because they disappoint themselves. Then that disappointment leads to doubting him in the future. Doubting him in the future leads to transferring of dependence and to become a single-minded, to go the opposite direction of the things of God. It happens all the time. Is that you? That's the real question. What causes doubt? You unsolved questions unsolved questions there's a lot that's why i love apologetics because it helps you uh, it helps you answer questions you have to understand that god would not create a faith or establish a faith that is not factually backed See, God is not a God of emotion or mysticism. God is not a God of, oh, just believe what I got to say and a bunch of magic tricks. You see what I'm saying? That's not God. God is saying with my miracles, there are facts. With who I am, there are facts. With my faith, there are facts. I promise you, if you investigate the faith, the faith of Christianity thoroughly enough, you will see that there's just not no emotional uh, uh, representation of the faith, but an intellectual proof of the faith. And when you overly emotionalize, that's what a lot of people do. A lot of churches are more emotional. They want you to have experiences and encounters, but they don't educate you. How you want people to encounter a guy? You like a tourist that brings people to the tourist attraction, but won't give the tour. You people that talk and hype up this this great thing. You got a great marketing plan. You got great flyers, great billboards, you're marketing to the world how great this God is. And then when you get people to God, you don't talk, you don't teach them about them. We got to stop having these experiences and stop having these encounters and, and not don't stop them. But, but what I'm saying is we got to change that going from edification, 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 always edificate, edifying people, but you're not equipping them. That's going to have people messed up in life because there's a lot of people who act like they're never supposed to go through trials. And the Bible talks about in this world, you'll face trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. There's a lot of things in the text that a lot of people avoid and try to dismiss, try to cut out of the Bible so they can keep edifying people, keeping people high. Sundays is just like a hookahs. You know what I'm saying? People getting high. People just want it, but there's no substance. You see what I'm saying? So, but if you understand the faith intellectually, you're not in a way of puffing up your mind where you become so arrogantly intellectualized in regards to the word of God, but you balance the two by keeping that, that thriving emotional connection with God, but it's founded and rooted 
and the truth of God that you can pick out. I remember I was at Oral Roberts University. And this guy who does the laughing stuff, and, and he was walking down the aisle. And because I got that face, the guy looked at me, and he didn't want to come by me to do that ha-ha-ha stuff. But there was kids all over the uh, the sidewalk rolling and laughing. And something in my spirit was like, this ain't God. But a lot of people thought it was God. There's a lot of gimmicks. And that was old school. They don't do that no more. But it's, it's modernized right now with lights and camera and action and great illustrations. But 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 not giving people no, no, no true desire for God. That I hear more people talking about who their pastor is and hyping up what their pastor said. And they ain't read their own Bible to hear what God wants to say. You see what I'm saying? So we got to get to a place where we understand apologetics and we have an emotional and an intellectual connection with God where we're able to cipher through <clears throat> the false things of this world, keeping our faith strong. You see what I'm saying? Let's keep going. What causes doubt? Be behaviors. What causes doubt? <clears throat> behaviors. That's why you cannot judge a faith by the falls of the faith, but the one who established it. Because not everybody's going to behave accordingly. Not everybody's going to do the things. And so people doubt God because the Christians are not walking according to are not walking according to quote unquote people. You see what I'm saying? So, but you can't doubt God because your behaviors are poor or other people's behaviors are poor. We got to make sure that we trust the proper behaviors of the Christ man. The God man, Jesus, who live and so that we can trust his righteousness that, we, that uh, uh, allows our mind to recognize our rightful place in God. And that righteousness then spawns righteous living that we no longer allow our behaviors or the behaviors of others to bring doubt in our lives. But we trust the work of the Holy Spirit that produces a great work ethic that accomplishes the greater works that, that enables us to accomplish the greater works that God wants us to fulfill. T, what causes doubt? The biggest one, <clears throat> especially for singles, is time. Time is the number one thing that causes people to doubt God or to doubt themselves or to doubt life. Because time, what is time? It ticks, it talks, it it keeps going, it 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 it, it lengthens seasons, it 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 has time stamps in between uh, uh, markers of promotion and seasons in between. And, and a lot of people can't stomach time. They don't want time. And a lot of singles are, are, are tired of time because they've been single for four years. They've been single for five years. They've been single for 10 years. Everybody looks at the time, but they don't look at the work ethic within that season of time. Everybody looks at the time and how long it's been, but not everybody's looking at how long it's been since you've been doing what you needed to been doing. You see what I'm saying? And so what we have to do as people is to understand that time is a servant. What we do within that time frame will determine the frame of mind that we have and the picture we have within that frame. And when you understand that time is a gift, you will maximize that time. But what causes a lot of single people to doubt God is time. God is taking too long. Where is it? There are certain things that ain't going to happen, but according to God's timing and, and hindsight will be your 2020. It's hard to have a, a sight or clear sight now if you don't have proper insight. You see what I'm saying? Insight is looking inside and say, okay, how do you know what's going on? The Holy Spirit says, man, if you lack wisdom about anything, I got you. And some of us, the reason why we doubt God because things are taking too long, I have moments of doubt, especially in ministry, 
See, that's but I don't have no doubts now because I've grown in maturity. But I've been doing this for 12 years. And I haven't even scratched the surface of, of what was prophesied or what I felt God showed me. But I don't doubt God anymore. I used to. But I'm so glad that God gave me 10 back then when I first, well, nine years is when my mind clicked. But in those nine years, I learned so much about myself that I realized that I was asking for something that I wasn't even prepared for. Time has a way of causing people to doubt. Now, let's keep going. What are people the most double-minded about or unstable with? What are people the most double-minded about or unstable with? There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Ps. We're going to talk about real quickly. Double-minded means wavering, uncertain, uh, uh, two minds, two affections, halt between two opinions, uh, 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 comparing two to see which one is true. What are people the most of mind about? And I want you to take some time to really think about yourself as we go through these points. Number one, their personality. What are people the most double minded about or unstable with or doubt is their proper personality. I have decided who they are and who they need to be. A lot of people are halt between this, this, who they are and the person they know they should be. You see what I'm saying? Some people are double-minded. Should I continue in this negative way of living because I'm unstable? I'm not who I need to be. And But the thing about it is, it doesn't matter what happened to your past. Do not allow insecurities to keep you not, not secured. So many people are keeping themselves from being who they need to be because they're double-minded. They're like, you know what, man? I know I should be a better man. I know I should be a better husband. I know I should be a better woman. I know I should be a better employer. I know I should be. I know I should be. I know I should be. But these inadequacies and these insecurities is causing you to doubt who God wants you to be and desires for you to be. That's why I don't do that, man. I want to be all that I can be in the army of the Lord. I want to be all that I need to be because if I become better, I become a better servant. I, be, I begin to produce more effectively for him. But a lot of people are double-minded and they have two people in front of them, who they are, who they need to be. And they're, and they're scared to look at this person because this person demands for this person to change. But this person says, this person says change takes a lot of work. But listen, if you want more change, you got to change. If you want more change, more stewardship, a change in your singleness, a change in your money, a change in your life, a change in the greater works that you want to do for God, you must change. You cannot be double-minded about who you are. If you want to be successful, you got to go to God and say, God, I lack wisdom about me. I want to be all that I can be, that you predestined for me to be, who you designed me to be. So I can give you more glory, give you more, more, more to work with. But one of the things that people are the most double-minded about, unstable with, or doubt is themselves. Where are you? Are you afraid to change, to be the change you need to be, to help bring change in this world? Or are you a person who is, who is just, just unstable and just want to remain the same and compete, continue to repeat the same things? Another thing that what people are the most double-minded about, unstable with, or doubt are their positions. Not only their personalities, but their positions, meaning their current position and their future position. <clears throat> you got to maximize your position now if you want to hold the next position well. A lot of women, a lot of men are looking at their single position. They're like, you know what? I don't want to be single no more. 
I want to be married. I want to be this. I want to be that. Right. And so what happens for a lot of people, they, and they, they're, they're double-minded because they want, they want this season so bad. They want this position so bad, but they're not working, <clears throat> maximizing this position. So they're unstable because they have desire with no discipline. They have a desire for a position, but they have no dis discipline in this position to prove that they're even worthy to maximize and steward this position. So where are you in life? Are you halt between your current position and your future position, whether it's in a company, whether it's in a career, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in marriage, whether it's in state of life? But in order for you to become in this position and to actually fulfill and maximize and feel, oh, in order for you to fill that position, you got to maximize or you got to make full this position. In order to fill this position, you got to fill this position. You see what I'm saying? But a lot of people, they're desiring so much and they're double-minded and they're unstable. Some days they're working hard to be, to get this position. The other days they don't. But you got to ask yourself, what is getting in between? What are people the most double-minded about, unstable with? Provision. Who their provider is. A lot of people are double-minded, unstable, unfruitful, doubtful when it comes to provision. The Bible says you cannot serve God or money. Money has become more of our provider than God has. So you understand money fluctuates. God doesn't. <clears throat> money is good today. Money could be bad tomorrow. Money has lost its value. Money may gain value. But what was whose value never changes is God. And so what happens is a lot of single people, a lot of people, period, are double minded. So they take the job with the most money versus allowing God instead of instead of being led by God. This position, it happened for me <clears throat> when I left the YMCA and I was offered two jobs. Two jobs came to me at one time. I was offered one job at the at this middle school that immediately offered me full time, more money, full, more time and um, um, benefits. But this other job, the school that I work at now. Offered me a part-time position of 30-something hours. No benefits. You see what I'm saying? And obviously, a man who was desiring to get married at the time naturally would pick the job <clears throat> that will offer more immediately. But sometimes people lose inevitably by picking the immediately over God's eventually. So the job that I chose, I made, no, I made less money in the first year. But not only did I get full time the next year, benefits the next year, but now the a mentoring program is booming. I have a great principal. Everything's just ticking because that was the will of God. Sometimes God will lead you into places that everybody look at you be like, that don't make no money. They don't really do anything. But God said, I'm your source. And it's proven. And I've been at that school for four years now. And we mentored over 100 plus students. And I've been getting raises every year. But in my, I don't know what was in the other job. I'm not saying it was a bad job. I don't even know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know what God doesn't say go towards. I don't want to know. See, the thing over here may not be bad, but it may not be the best. Sometimes the less is the best because the less will let you recognize who God is. You see what I'm saying? And so when you understand that and process that, you will begin to, uh, you will begin to trust God more and say, you know what, God? Even though this is the less, even though this is the lesser, I'm going to trust you because I know you're my provider. If you don't get to that place, 
Money will be your God. Money will be your source. And then when you have no money, you will have no sanity. You will have no security. And you'll find yourself all over the place. But if you trust God, it doesn't matter if famine come. Because you know what I'm going to say? God, the same ravens, the same flock of birds you used to feed Elijah, my man Elijah, the same way you're going to feed me. Because he's my source. He's my provider. What are people the most double-minded about, unstable with, or doubt? Their pursuits. Their pursuits. They're double-minded with their pursuits. There are some singles right now who are double-minded when it comes to their pursuits. Should I pursue this career or should I pursue this calling? I know this career looks well, and a lot of people struggle with this. I coached a handful of people, a lot of people over the years, but a handful of people recently who says, Josh, look, man, coach. My mom wants me to be a lawyer. My dad wants me to be a doctor. I'm doing all of this. I'm going to college solely because of them. Listen, do not allow a person's desire to live vicariously through your life be the vision for your life. You got to have your own vision. I don't care who your mama is, who your daddy is. They ain't gonna st- you ain't gonna stand before them when it comes to the last uh, the last judgment. You won't stand before him. So I don't care what a father or a mother has to say. I remember when my dad told me back when I was young, he was like, you want to be a preacher? You going to Oral Roberts University? No knock on my dad. My dad was just where he was at spiritually at that time. You want to go all the way to Oral Roberts University? Why don't you go to a school over here? First off, God told me to go there, Pops. And what are you going to do when you get there? I'm going to study evangelism. Evangelism? You ain't going to do no business management? You ain't going to learn now? I said, man, I'm doing what God told me to do. And now what I'm doing for God has multiplied me more. Man, I can ever imagine. And so what I'm saying is you can't get so caught up on career and your calling. You would be more successful eventually pursuing your calling than you would immediately pursuing your career. And I'm, what I mean by career, a life that you want to live outside of God. I'm going to be a doctor. God, and you, you wasted all that time in school to be a doctor. God ain't call you to be no doctor. You waste all those years trying to be a lawyer. God ain't tell you to be a lawyer because it gives you a good job. Do you know how many people uh, um, um, got good jobs, but their jobs are dependent on a man's decision? A man or woman can fire you at any moment and you lose your job, but you can't lose your calling. You can lose a career, but you can't lose your calling. See, my calling will always call things towards me. My calling, if I continue to maximize it and make my gift bigger, will continue to make room for me. Your calling keeps making calls for you. See, but a career can a career can't make that many calls for you, but your calling can. If you pursue the calling of God, it will continue to make calls for you. I don't have to worry about if money gonna come to me. I got my calling in my lips. I can talk. I can preach. I can break things down. That's why you gotta make your calling a skill set so that your gift will make room for you. Careers can only get you into the rooms of other people, but your calling can make you own the rooms. You see what I'm saying? You got to change the way you think. We have been taught to be slaves. We have been taught to be employees and not employers. We've been taught to be hired and not to hire. You see what I'm saying? So we got to get to a place where we say, God, because nobody can fire you If they ain't in heaven, you see what I'm saying? So God is saying, look, man, people can let you go. People can do this. But if you pursue this, you always going to have favor. You always going to have provision. You're going to always. So don't be double minded. And you well, I want to do this because it makes more money. It makes more money in the beginning. But when you pursue your call, your calling keeps making calls for you because you keep answering the call of God and you never hang up the phone on God. You keep him on speed dial. You keep the phone ringing. You talk to him. Love that you can lose your career, but not your calling. That's it. If you didn't get nothing from me today, 
You can lose your career, but you cannot use your calling. You're right. God sustains his children. That is his responsibility. It ain't your responsibility to sustain yourself. You got to supply yourself, but not sustain yourself. And so I want to encourage all those out there that's at a school pursuing a career and you're feeling crunchy on the inside, you're feeling unfulfilling inside, let it go. Wisely let it go. <laughs> I'm not if you got a full functioning family, and this is for singles, so you don't got no family. So you can let it go. But some of y'all are single with children, so you got to be wise. But what I'm saying is, hey, God, listen, show me how I can. Um, utilize because God has given me favor where now I'm doing my own mentoring program in a school. So now I'm partnered with my school to do my own mentoring program. So now even with my job, I can do the work of God. So God can give you a job that allows you the freedom, the finances to kind of build. I'm not saying saying quit your job to pursue your calling uh, unwisely in an unwise manner. What I'm all, what I'm saying is, how can you use your the, what you're doing now to sharpen and maximize your calling and skill and make it great, so that when it's time to transfer to 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 being solely in this revenue stream or whatnot, you're able to maximize it more. I'm telling you, you can be fired from your career, but you cannot be fired from your calling. Your calling will always be calling after you if you try to run from it. Your calling is like that number you'd be trying to skip. Your calling is not a tax collector. You see what I'm saying? But what happens is that calling calls sometimes. We ignore the call because we don't feel sufficient enough. We don't feel adequate enough. We're too insecure about it. No. You got to answer that call. Listen, all right, what you need? What you need for me to do? And I'm telling you, like like Kelly says, man, he'll surround you with favor like a shield. I've made... I've made... uh, How can I put this? Do you know how much money I didn't spend? <laughs> Do you know how much money I didn't spend? People look at me and they swear I got money, money. And they think I swear I got racks on racks on racks. Now, am I successful? You best believe it. But what I'm saying is, people, I'm like, do you know how much money I didn't spend? Do you know following your calling, following the things of God will have you save a lot of money? I'd rather have favor than money. Let me tell you, I want both. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that I'd rather have more favor than I have more money because more favor means more money saved because I have favor. You see what I'm saying? So now that I have favor, and I know. And sometimes it's better to, I don't want to, what I'm saying is because the young lady said I regret taking full time. Is that sometimes we, we for singles, we think that I just got to, and we burn ourselves out and our candle is burnt at nighttime, and we can't even work on our own craft. I do not want y'all to live a life that you work harder for someone else than you do God and yourself. You got to be able to say, is this job taking too much of my soul, taking too much of my energy where I have no time for God and no time for myself? We got to change the way we think about that. Let's keep going for time, Sam. We'll be going 50 minutes. What are people the most double-minded about, unstable with, or doubt? Personality, their personality, positions, provision, pursuits, and practices. They're double-minded. Should I, should I, should I do this with this girl? Should I do this with this guy? Or should I be celibate? Should I be pure? Uh, should I practice this sin? Or should I 
uh, allow the practice of the Holy Spirit to work on me into greater sanctification. Some people are double-minded when it comes to practices. And some, some, some of all of us have to look at our patterns and say, okay, am I, what am I practicing right now? Is it going to prosper me or is it going to punish me? It, uh, is it going to, is going to help me or is it going to hurt me? You got to say, you know what? It, there has to be something that you live greater for. A single-minded person doesn't, doesn't get on certain things and do certain things because they know it affects their focus. It affects their concentration. That's why I have this saying concentration produces consecration. The more I focus on God, the more faithful I become, the more fruitful I become, the more uh, uh, pure I become because of my focus. You see what I'm saying? So the more I concentrate on the things of God, concentrate on person development, concentrating on my purpose, the more consecrated I become, the more holy I become, the more set apart I become, the less entangled with sins I become because my focus on God. Peter sank when he took his concentration off God. So when you take your focus off him, you find yourself in filth. But if you keep your focus on God, you'll find yourself fruitful. So some people are double-minded. Halt between, I just feel lonely and I'm going to do this with this person. I want to do that. Versus, you know what, God? I'm going to go after you and lead the sin away. Great question. Andrew Love says, how do you find your calling? Your calling has been inside of you. Your giftings, let's put it like this. Your gifting has been inside of you. Your calling is the clarification of your craft, the clarification of your gift. That's God calling from from calling for you to recognize and understand who you are, who you were created to be and created to do. So your calling is when God says, hey, I'm calling those gifts to come into my hands. I'm calling you to come into into salvation, into sanctification, to be become more successful in the things of me. Your calling is what I was created to do from the beginning, but in the, from the beginning through the womb and into life, that, 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 that line of communication between you and God has been cluttered and, and, and has been cluttered physically, mentally, emotionally from fluoride to the, to the, to the callousness of your, of your pineal gland, that, that, that gland that was in your brain that helps you with connection with God down to the, to the emotional, mental, and physical. The devil has done a great work to try to cloud that constant communication with God, even down to the physical point and putting stuff in your food, making you so uh, docile that you don't, that you don't even desire to follow God. You see what I'm saying? And so you find your calling when you clear up the lines of communication and hear what God has to say about you and what he wants you to do. And the evidence of that is in your gifting. God is calling your giftings to a greater purpose, calling you to a greater form of character, to produce a great form of craft that's going to be used to help a lot of people. So how do you find your calling? Clear up the lines of communication, still yourself, remove yourself from distractions. And then over time, you'll begin to hear God clarify who you are. And then you'll be like, oh, I knew I was good at that. I didn't, God, as I began to answer the call of God, he began to call my life. I began to become clear, clearer on what I'm supposed to do. At 19, at 34, I'm clearer. I am at my clearest point of my purpose because God, through his sovereignty, has cleared up all the callousness in my life that was keeping clear, constant communication coming. Now I'm so clear with God. God speaking is back and forth. Because I'm not entangling anything. So how to find your calling? Clear up the lines of communication by cleaning up your life or allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse your life. 
and, 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 and then really recognize what am I good at and what does God want me to do with this? You got to be like the young boy, got the two loaves and five fishes, five loaves and two fishes, whatever the numbers was. You see what I'm saying? This is all I got, God. What am I supposed to do with this? He'll take it in his hands, bless it, break it, and, 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 and multiply it. Hope to help. That's right. And read your word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you read the word through the help of the Holy Spirit so he can give you understanding. Let's keep going for time's sake. What are people the most double-minded about? Unstable with or doubt? Their power. Power. I put here divine power, distinct power, or demonic power. They're double-minded. There's a lot of people who rather utilize the powers of darkness to get to where they are versus the power of the divine. Some people don't want the power of the divine or the power of darkness. They just want their own distinctive power. And what happens is you always, no matter what power you pursue without God, you will always experience burnout. The only empowerment that ensures you never find yourself empty is the Holy Spirit's power. The Bible says, not by might, not by, not by, uh, not by, not by, no, this is how to go. Not by, let me, let me look it up because I, 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 I want to make sure it's clear. Not by, right? Oh, not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of God. That's it. Not by power, not by might, not by your might, not by your power or dark powers, but by the Spirit of God. Period. And so what happens is people try to go in the in their own power or in the power of the demonic. That's why people you can't envy all these people successful. Some people, you only get to the top one of two ways, either by divine power or demonic power. Anybody who's at the top never gets to the top of any area or gets successful at anything without power. And that power is either divine power or demonic power. You're not going to have the power to make a lot of money without one or two of those powers. You're not going to have the power to do anything without any type of help. You are either operating a demonic power or divine power or distinct power. But that distinct power will lean more so to demonic power versus divine power. You can't trust your own strength. You got to trust your strength in the strength of God to be strengthened to do the work that he wants you strong for. What are people the most double-minded about unstable with in their ways? Ponderings. Their mind versus the Christ mind. You can't be, you got to get to a place where you say, God, I want to think like you think. I want to think on things that are above. I want to think on things that are pure, lovely, good report. That takes discipline. You have to learn, and we're going to talk about that later on in the course. I cannot elaborate too much now because if I talk about the mind and thoughts, that's five, six weeks worth of content. I wrote a, a lot on the mind in my book scattered throughout it. And But 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 you have to learn. We're going to get there. I don't have time to really break it down. Maybe in the q and I may give some quick truths on that. But, but you got to learn how to train your thinking. To think on things that are pure, lovely, just of a good report. To think on things that are above so that you can be above. You want to always be above. You are not supposed to be amongst sin, amongst sinners. And a lot of people get that confused. The Bible is clear about come from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. What does light have to do with darkness? And many people look at what Jesus ate with sinners. No, them sinners came to eat with Jesus. Jesus didn't go eat with them. They wanted to eat with him. Because they wanted change. They didn't want, it. They didn't want to, to just kick the breeze. They wanted answers. They wanted truth. You see what I'm saying? And so, so that's why you have to get to a place um, where you say, God, 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put myself with them. I want to continue to walk in the way I need to walk. That people come find me and want to eat with me. You see what I'm saying? Most people are like, well, I gotta, you got to be with them. So you change your apparel. You change the way. You compromise the word. You compromise all these different things. Y'all saying my audio's messed up? Is my audio acting up? Let me know, y'all. Am I clear or am I kind of, am I, am I choppy? Can y'all hear me clear? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, it is shaky. Ah, man, it's choppy. Mic check, mic check, mic check. It sounds, it's acting up. It is. Let me see. Because I want to make sure that um, I give y'all some clear, clear audio. Mic check, mic check. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Yeah, it might be the wrong... It might be the wrong, um, let me see. If you look at every person with a credit score over 800. Give me one second. We fine up until a few minutes. Oh, to a few minutes ago? Mic check, mic check. Yep. Yeah. But y'all, but y'all still can hear what I'm saying, right? It's still static, but y'all can still hear me. Has it been static the whole time? We can hear every word, but it's just a little static. Uh, yeah, let me let me make sure something real quick. Uh, let me see what this does. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going and see if it clears up. Maybe I maybe it's not the right mic. Maybe my mic is not. Um, I don't know if I unplug my mic. Yes, can hear you. Not hold time. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully it comes out clear. If not, I I may restart the video. Yes, can hear you. Not hold time. Okay. Well, let's keep going. Ponderings. There's different types of mental. You got to train the way you think so that you can think like Christ. And so if you because if you think like him, you'll become more like him. Everything boils down to your mind. Let's keep going. Causes from scripture. We're going to talk about what causes double mind is evident in James uh, chapter one, verses five through eight. What causes Let me make sure my mic is. All right. Well, hopefully it sounds let me know if it sounds better now. Yes, we can hear. Okay. Okay, good. We good? I want to see about if I get two or three more people to let me know what we what we how we looking. Nope, can't hear. Mic check, mic check, mic check, mic check. Okay, I'm gonna keep going. Hopefully I can repair it in the edit. Not better yet, but we can hear you. Okay. Either way, you'll be able to get through it. Let's keep going. Causes from scripture. James 1, chapter 5 through 8. It says if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously, generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He or she is a double-minded man, unstable in all their ways. Let's break this down. Because, man, the word of God has a lot of layers and a lot of truth to it that will bring insight and bring life to, to ours. Now, script causes from scripture, not being able. Now, there are things, one, two, three, four, five, six things that are in this text that causes people to be double minded. Number one, they're not not being able to recognize that you lack wisdom. Number two, seeking counsel from everywhere and 
everywhere and everyone else instead of God. Number three, not being aware of how generous God is with his wisdom. Number four, not knowing how to ask in faith. Number five, being easily affected by the winds. And number six, assuming you will receive from God with a double mind. Let's break down the first one. Not being able to recognize that you lack wisdom. The reason why people are double-minded is because they don't even recognize that they lack wisdom. They are so arrogant or ignorant that they're not able to be coherent. You see what I'm saying? They're so arrogant that they're like, I don't like no wisdom. I'm super smart. I'm, I'm whatever. I'm whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm the woman that they never ask for wisdom. Or they're so caught up in ignorance that they don't ask uh, for wisdom. But the reason why people are unstable, the reason why people are ineffective, the reason why people are not successful is because they do not understand or recognize that they lack wisdom. Every day I am in recognition of my uh, 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 lack of wisdom. I'm, I'm always looking to gain more wisdom. I've ne I will never arrive. I have yet to arrive. And I will not arrive until I arrive to those pearly gates. Meaning, I don't get to a place of arrogance or to be caught up in the blissfulness of ignorance that I don't become coherent in understanding what the will of the Lord is. We got to get to a place where we understand and recognize that there's always an area in our life that we can gain more wisdom and walk more wisely. As you're right, we learn something new every day, or at least we should. Every day I'm learning. The kids at my school are are are, are, are way younger than I am, but I learn from them. The Bible talks about you, man. He said, man, forget the children, consider the ants. Creation is always screaming wisdom. Wisdom is in the gate. Wisdom is in the hallway. Wisdom is in your room. Wisdom is in is is screaming out to you. Hey man, call man. You ain't you, you lacking wisdom in this area, but what we do is we continue to practice the cycles, continue to do what we want to do, and we wonder why we're not successful. Those who are 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 this are people who are not able to recognize that they lack wisdom. Let's look at some points. Our dependence on God is continuum or continuous or continuum is continuous due to us having to always need his wisdom. God created a system that will always be dependent on him, not because he's egotistical, but because he's the source of life. You see what I'm saying? So we have to recognize that, that our dependence on God is continuum. It is continuous. I can't be like, I'm dependent on God in my singleness, but don't need God for my marriage. No, you need God from, from the day you was born to the day you was an adolescent to the day that you got married to the day that you have children, the day you hold a position, you always going to be dependent. So you got to always be in a place of asking wisdom. God, did I do this wisely today? How can I increase in wisdom in this today? You have to always understand that I'm going to need God in every area of my life. <clears throat> so conversation must be always with God because I ain't smart. I ask God, what is the best way to break this text down? I don't know this word like you know it. <laughs> I didn't write this, God. Give me, give me something to help these people. You see what I'm saying? And he said, man, son, because you ask, here it is. Let's keep going. Next point. Many people don't want God's wisdom. They just want what they want. Simple as that. Many people don't want God's wisdom, so they don't ask God. <clears throat> so people are like, man, I don't want God's wisdom because God's wisdom makes you want to watch some things. You see what I'm saying? God's wisdom makes you change. You see what I'm saying? But most people don't want God's wisdom. They just want what they want. 
I don't want God's wisdom. I don't want to live wisely. I don't want to live purely. Well, that's for the that's for the birds. I see the meme out there talking about Christianity for the birds and people screenshot themselves in the bird's nest. But a lot of people don't want God's wisdom. I don't want to wait till I get married for sex. That's not wise. I don't want to wait for this to do this. I don't want to wait. I don't want to do the things of God. But the simple things of God, the simple things of God will confound the wise. You're right. We all got to do better. Saying, God, hey, no matter where I go in life, I can't escape my need of your wisdom. Many people don't want God's wisdom because God's wisdom will wash you. God's wisdom will wreck you. And God's wisdom will help you win. But most people don't want to win because they haven't won within. Many people don't want God's wisdom. They just want what they want. But they fail to realize that their wants have weight. And God will not release anything too big for them to manage. Meaning, you want a marriage, but marriage is heavy. You, marriage is heavy. You gotta know how to lift. You can't. You gotta lift with your knees, not your back. With marriage, you see what I'm saying? You gotta know how to. You gotta have some strength, strength that comes from God to lift marriage, to lift the ministry. With demons attacking you, boo And you think you just gonna be a pastor? You think you just start a church? You think you can just go into neighborhoods and evangelize? Going in there, you got a bunch of zeal but no wisdom. That's crazy. That's crazy. People starting churches, starting ministries, starting marriages, starting money uh, pursuits. And forget that that stuff carries a weight. And they wonder why they're overloaded. Next point, wisdom is free, but it will cost you to walk it out. God said, man, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously. Wisdom is free, but it will cost you to walk it out. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. To walk this wisdom out, man, it's going to cost you. It's free. God said, this is the right way to do it. But it's going to cost you to let go of this person. It's going to cost you to let go of family. It's going to cost you. And it's okay if it costs you. Because I'd rather pay the cost to be with the boss. I'd rather pay the cost not to be the boss, but to be with the boss. See what I'm saying? I rather pay the cost to not be the boss, but to be with the boss. Next point. What causes double-mindedness or whatever causes from the scripture? Seeking counsel from everywhere and everyone else instead of God. See what I'm saying? Seeking counsel from everywhere and everyone else instead of God. Now, what does that mean? He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Not, not not, your boyfriend, not your girlfriend, not your pastor. Most of us, we ask anyone and everyone before we ask God because I think many of us don't believe God hears or listens. Many of us don't believe that God is there. God is a present help in a time of trouble. He wants to give you wisdom. But you're not going to be stable in life if you don't know the stabilizer. And it's important for you and I to say, you know what, God? I'm going to seek you first before I seek anyone and everyone else. It says, if you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. You got to ask him first. But you got to practice in going to God first before you go to Google. Listen, listen, you got to go to God first. We have been programmed to go to Google. You got to say, God, I'm going to just go to you and I'm going to see. What, now, don't get me wrong. You go to Google for some quick stuff. What I'm saying, we, but the real stuff, you got to go to God. You see what I'm saying? You must make it a habit to seek God's first. Liberation leads to letting. You see what I'm saying? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let. You have liberation. You have been liberated by God. Now you're able to, 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 uh, to um, 
you able to you liberation leads to letting. Let me make, make it plain. You must make it a habit to seek God first. Liberation leads to let or access. Now I'm so glad that God gave me access. The Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Liberation led to me having the ability to ask God because I've been liberated and freed and saved by Christ Jesus. Now I have the ability to ask. Many people don't even know that they are worthy enough to ask because just by you being a daughter or a son, you can ask God. But like I said, many people don't want to ask God because asking God, you see what I'm saying? Asking God, it'll cost you. Let's keep going. For time's sake, I've been going an hour and 10 minutes. Causes from scripture on why people doubt or are double-minded. Number three, not being aware of how generous God is with his wisdom. God is very generous with his wisdom. God is very generous with his wisdom. Very generous. He, he man, you, If you need wisdom about what to eat that day, he'll give you wisdom. If you need wisdom on anything, he's generous. He, you don't, you can't, you, it's impossible to bug God. God's like, man, if you lack wisdom about anything, you can ask me. And he says, who gives generously to all without reproach. Meaning, he's not, well, because you messed up yesterday, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to withhold this wisdom. God says, man, I don't care how many times you messed up. The fact that you're asking, this time at least do it. But I'm going, I'm, without reproach, I'm not, no record of wrong, basically. I'll give you wisdom with no record of wrong. Because I want God, God gives it to us free, like a father would give free counsel to a son, like a mother would give free counsel to her children, because he loves us. Love wants you to live better. The ultimate, one of the ultimate objectives of love is to is to help you live better. A parent who truly loves their child will lead them child in a way that will help them live better. God's the same way. God's love is for you to live better. To live an abundant life, to live a life free of the toxicness of, of sin. Let's keep going. Next point. What help what hinders people is not knowing how to ask in faith. And I'm gonna get into that later on this in, in um in in this course on how to ask in faith. That's so weighty, so meaty, and I won't be able to break it down. But you have to know how to ask in faith. Without any doubting, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let it ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. If you want whatever you see, people want things, but they don't want God's wisdom. God's wisdom is, is it doesn't really come with toys. <laughs> it comes with tools. <laughs> God's wisdom, cool, that's powerful. That went over my head when I said the Holy Spirit spoke it out of my own mouth. And I, and I just got it. See, we get mad at God because God's wisdom don't come with toys. It comes with tools. It comes with it comes with tactics. You see what I'm saying? And so, oh, I got to put work in this. I got to do something to get. We be like, God, give me toys. God, give me a give me give me a man. Give me a woman. <laughs> give me a give me a W W. You got your W. You got your W. Give me your O O uh, I ah. You got your I. You got your I. Give me a F. F, you got your F, you got your F. Give me an E. E, you got your E, you got your E. Asking for a wife. Give me an M. M, you got your M, you got your M. Give me an A. A, you got your A, you got your A. Give me an N. N, you got your N. That's what you think. That's what we asking God. God, give me a wife. Give me a man. Give me a give me a Escalade. Give me a Bentley coupe. Give me a house. We 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 want people, we want God to give us toys. God, no, I give you tools. 
Make something. People, people, I heard someone say, I don't know where I heard this from. But we be asking God for, we ask, well, basically, I'm going to put it in my own words. I can't remember what the person said. We want God to give us a thing, but God gives us the resources that makes that thing. You see what I'm saying? People be wanting like God, I want, uh, 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 I want this. And God said, there's trees out there. Use those trees to make what you want to make. But God, why won't you let a why would you let a car fall into my lap? Why would you let a house fall into my lap? Why would you let it? No, no, no. God says, I give you the tools to make it happen. That's why we don't like God's wisdom. Now, why am I gonna ask God? God is gonna give me some steps and give me the way to how to do it and give me some tools. I want a toys. God says, Man, you put childish things away. Toys was meant for kids. You see what I'm saying? Uh, uh, toys is for kids. Tools are for grown-ups. <laughs> That's good, my friends. That's real good. Not asking in faith. Next one, being easily affected by the wind. It says, but let them ask in faith with no doubting. No doubting. Keyword, no doubting. The goal is to get to a place where we don't doubt God and you don't doubt God. Doubting is, it, is, is, is unable to breathe in the midst of devotion. Doubting is unable to breathe in the midst of devotion. You see what I'm saying? I know it's choppy. Hopefully, it's still digestible and able to hear. I don't know what's going on. I need a new mic. But hopefully, it still sounds all right for people that watch it later, etc. Easily affected by the winds. It says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. The devil is going to bring the wind so that you don't win. That's his goal. He wants you to be distracted by the wind so that you don't win within and that you don't become successful. People who are double-minded and end up doubting God and end up becoming dependent on things outside of God and going in the wrong direction through with, with single-mindedness are people who are affected by the wind. Sometimes the wind ain't even blowing that hard. The devil just be like this. Just the sound of a wind. Just the sound of a wind makes you nervous. Uh, resistance. That's why people don't want to be married. Uh, resistance. I don't think we're supposed to be. Uh, resistance. I'm going to quit my ministry. Uh, resistance. I ain't going to do this no more. Man, come on, man. That's the wind. That's your number wind. Don't care about the winds around you. Care about the wind of the breath of God in you. Ooh, he preaching on this evening. Next point, so I can get up out of here, <laughs> is assuming you are received from God with a double mind. Another thing that jacks up a lot of people, they assume they're going to receive from God automatically. That's, that's, that's some of the dumbest logic. People just be like, oh, God owe me. Go, oh, No, God going to do it. God going to do it. God going to do it for me. God got me. Oh, nah, man. God, you owe me. God, I've been doing this. What kind of heart is that you've been given just to get? You can't do anything to get. You already got. You already got gotten. You see what I'm saying? The greatest gift is not the gift that you receive. Uh, the greatest gifts, or what I'm trying to say, is that the greatest gift is you already been gotten. We, we give to get. God don't care about no 10%. You can give 20 or 30%. God don't give a flip about that if your heart's wrong. You see what I'm saying? We can't give to get. We got we to gotta give because we gotten. We, when you give because you gotten, you don't give to get. You give because you've been gotten by the gift. You see what I'm saying? And so it also says, for the person must not suppose. If you double-minded and you halt between two opinions, man, you ain't asking in faith and you got some doubt. The Bible says in verse 7, for that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man of stable all his ways. People be assuming they're going to get stuff from God. 
and don't love him. That's why people mad at God. Well, God ain't no good, but your heart was wrong towards him. Well, God, I'm just going to find me a man. I'm going to find me a boo because God, no, your heart was wrong the whole time. When you're honest with yourself, you're able to help yourself. Some of us, we just been asking for God and God don't give it to us. We just doubt God. That shows your heart was never with him. Now, how to defeat double-mindedness and doubt? One, two, three, four, five, six Ds quickly. And I may, I'll, most of these points, I'll elaborate deeper into the course. How to defeat double-mindedness and doubt? Make a decision. Make a decision to follow Jesus right now. Make a decision. God, help me to make this decision. If you can't make a decision on your own, Holy Spirit, help me make the decision to do the right things. You see what I'm saying? Once you make a decision to follow Jesus, that means decision is incision. Decision means I cut something off. I'm no longer going to live this way through the help of the Holy Ghost. My focus and my aim is to go this way, not that way. And then I'm going to deepen my devotion. The Holy Spirit, God, I want to get to know you. God, I'm going on dates with you. I'm getting to know you, God. God, I want to know you, boo. You know what I'm saying? God, I want to get to know I'm just joking. Joking. Don't. Please forgive me. What I'm trying to say is, God, I want to get to know you. Over anybody else, more than anybody else. So I gotta make a decision. I gotta deepen my devotion. I gotta get into a place of discovery. Oh man, if you lived a million years, you won't even be able to understand 1.001% of God. So there's always something new to discover about God. There's always something new to discover about yourself. There's always something new to discover about your purpose. That's the beautiful thing about it all. That I'm in a constant state of discovery. That's what keeps you disciplined. That's what keeps you designing things of God. Because you're like, oh God, you just showed me something new about yourself. And it's going to take me centuries to get to know this part. But 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 the angels look curiously with us because they don't get the, they don't get a chance to know God like we know him. They don't know what forgiveness is, they don't know what mercy is, they don't know what, what salvation is. They in heaven. Cool, bet they say holy and holy all day, but the Bible said they look curiously on us, like, man, why God love them so much? What about us with the wings, God? What about us? And God's like, man, <laughs> until you've been in flesh and blood, you won't understand why I love them. You gotta get into a place of discovery, which leads to the next day, distancing. When you go on discovery. People who don't want to go with you, you distance yourself from because you love more, you love the discovery more than you do the, the defiant ones. You see what I'm saying? You got to be in a constant state of discovery that comes from making a decision, that comes from deep in the devotion, then will lead you to naturally distance yourself from sin, distance yourself from uh, uh, other people into pursuing the pasture that God has for you. How's it if you don't mind it? You got to make a decision, deepen your devotion, get into a place of discovery, distance yourself from the wrong things, discipline your life. Discipline takes work. Discipline is, I just can't have desire. I got discipline in life and duty. What is my duty on this earth? I'm telling you, that is what's going to help you. We'll talk more about these, trust me, throughout the course of the course. And we're going to break a lot of these points down. The first 17 messages are probably going to be, probably 24 messages are going to be real meaty on the pro on the purpose of singleness and the problems of singleness. And then we're going to get into the practicality of singleness and the profitability of singleness. And that's where we're going to get a lot of more coaching, training, techniques, and all that kind of stuff. But this is just to prick your heart, open your heart, and allow the Holy Spirit to help you with the nuances every day. And then until we get to that place where we get into the, the practicalities of singleness and the profitabilities of it and how you can really maximize. Now, your life work activity, I'm going to read the sentence, but if you want the works, you got to register now at lifework.teachable.com. 
In what areas do you doubt or are double-minded? Utilize the exercise below to process why you are doubtful in those areas. And I have um, activities for you to process where you are. <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit will help you with the rest. Me and the Holy Spirit. I'm the I'm the um, TA. Holy Spirit is a teacher. He just wants me to teach sometimes. And so I'm the TA. You know what I'm saying? And, and the Holy Spirit is a teacher of the class. And so he has given me the liberty to be able to, uh, to teach. Um, but he's the one that helps with the nuances. <clears throat> so now it's time for some Q and A. I got time for maybe twenty minutes. Oh no, almost said twenty questions. Uh, I'm I'm glad this course is for you, Miss Smith. This is for you. This is for y'all. It is an honor to serve you all. Uh, I hear a lot of people refer to voice of God as intuition. Can you elaborate on that and how accurate or if this is true? Because I'm aware of visions, dreams, and audible. Uh oh, oh, y'all coming up with the question. I was waiting for this. Coach done, y'all. Coach done. He done? Yeah, bro. Put your question in. <clears throat> I hear a lot of people refer to the voice of God as intuition. Can you elaborate on that and how accurate or if this is true? Because I'm aware of vision, dreams, and audible forms of communication. Great question, Aline. What people have to understand about God is this is that um, he has placed eternity in the hearts of all men so that no man can act like they. There's no eternity, right? Um, there's there's instinct, right? And then there's uh, 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 the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, intuition is just, I think, it's something that God has placed inside of us uh, to be able to recognize fight or flight. Intuition. Intuition is should I fight or should I flight? Um, um, uh, what what emboldens that intuition or illuminates that intuition or 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 really get that thing. <clears throat> peculiar, precise, and profitable for the person is when the person of the Holy Spirit is in charge. I think all of us have the intuition of fight or flight that, that, oh, I probably, I'm sensing, we all have those senses, but when you have been sealed by the divine, by his precious spirit, those things are emboldened. Those things are, are, are in, in heightened degrees and you're operating from a divine discernment, a divine intuition that you, that is greater than human intuition. Right. And so, uh, uh, so basically it is that all humans have that intuition of, should I fight or should I fight? Some people are better than others, but when you have the Holy spirit active and alive in your heart, then that becomes emboldened and it becomes uh, 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 maximized in a way where you're now able to recognize even days before you're able to recognize dreams, visions. You're able to uh, you have a heightened sense of awareness of the spiritual world. And and, and it, it, that means when it, when the Holy Spirit is not grieved, but 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 uh, but is in leadership. See, when the Holy Spirit is grieved, it messes with the mechanism. It messes with it because you're there's you allowing too many habits, too many thought patterns to go against the flow of the Holy Spirit. And it grieves. And the Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the gift of God. Because when you grieve him, he's not able to go with the flow. Don't you hate it when you're focused on something and then something keeps interrupting? It, it hinders the creative process. That's how I am. Once I get into my creative mode, I got to be in a place of silence because even one voice can... It disrupts me. But imagine what that does to the Holy Spirit when we when we entertain a thought longer than we should, that it spills into action, or that we practice in sin for a long period of time. And the Holy Spirit, like, we just got to this place. I, you, If you would have just let me just get to it, we could have whooped the whoop and got here, and you would have been whooped the whooping on the devil. You see what I'm saying? But, but, but you're grieving me. You're hindering me. So the best way to get into that hyper state of divine intuition, divine discernment, and divine action 
is when you allow the Holy Spirit to take action. And, and you do that by clearing out of your life anything that may grieve him or hinder him through you. You can't hinder the Holy Spirit. But we're talking about becoming your own hindrance. You see what I'm saying? For what the Holy Spirit wants you to get to. The Holy Spirit's like, man, if you want to jack your life up, jack your life up. <laughs> I say that in the nicest way possible. But if you really want to live the abundant life and you really want to do exploits for God and greater things for God, most Christians don't desire that level, so they don't need the Holy Spirit much. If you just want to go to church, you don't need the Holy Spirit to go to church. You don't need the Holy Spirit to do the, do the, do the shallow stuff. See, most people don't want to desire it, but Jesus said, greater works you would do. No, I don't want to do greater works. I just want to do some works. Because then I, if I do some works, I don't really need to. I just need some of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> if I need greater works, I need greater the Holy Spirit. I just want to do some stuff. But we all call to do greater works. So I hear a lot of people refer to the voice of God as intuition. Um, I think he uses our intuition, but I, he speaks through his spirit. So I want to make sure you separate your intuition and, and the Holy Spirit, the immaterial spirit of God. They're two different things. The immaterial spirit of God maximizes that intuition that was given to you, and it makes it even more emboldened, more effective, and more useful if you allow the Holy Spirit to remain active without grievance, if that helps. If that helps. I hope that answers your question. Lion, lion said, I always do that. There we go. <clears throat> Lion Lion says, hi, Josh. If in the past you asked God to break soul ties and years after you dream about those exes breaking up with you, does it mean the soul ties are being broken? Um, basically, what I'm saying is that when Jesus was tempted in the garden, uh, no, in the wilderness, I'm sorry. Um, after he responded with the word of God, the Bible begins to say that the devil left to a more opportune time. Um, to test Jesus, to see if he can get a way in. Um, um, the devil is not going to stop. The devil is not going to stop just because you found God and you're progressing after the things that he's not going to stop. These, I don't want to say the devil, the devil's not omnipresent, but these demons are not going to stop. These demons are going to try to get away. And sometimes you feel, oh, life's been good, but they've left you alone for a period of time. The reason why demons leave you alone for a period of time is that they want you to stay. They want to see if you're going to get to a place of comfort, a place of arrogance, a place of, 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 of ecstasy, but not a place of discipline and guarding and, and how, how God stripped the army with Gideon down to 300 because he was like all those who dipped their head in the water and just drink. He said, get rid of those guys. They're not ready to work. What's up, nephew? My nephew's watching. They're not ready to work. He said, they're not ready to work. But if you if they bring the water to their face and they're still watching, those people are fit for war. Those who just want to indulge, 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 indulge are not fit to, for the kingdom of God. But those who bring the water to themselves while watching, keep your hand on swivel, are the people who are the most useful, the most effective. And so I say that to say is that um, that it, it, no matter what you do, he's going to try to find an angle. Demon's going to try to find an angle to get you back into a place of thinking because if he gets you thinking about your exes again, you may have forgiven them. You may have gone forward from them, but he wants you to go backwards and possibly begin to rethink on what life used to be with your ex and then become uh, entangled by your ex, hindering you from your next. Sometimes you can awaken and cause a tie to be retied by entertaining something that you was free from. That's what he does with some people. You didn't really forgive them. And so you start getting mad for no reason. But you really forgave them. But you allow your emotions to get caught up in his suggestions. And those suggestions got you back entangled with something that you were already distangled from. He always going to try to find a way to get in. That's what Jesus said. He looked at Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. It wasn't Peter that was trying to keep Jesus from the cross. It was the devil. You see what I'm saying? 
And so, because the devil knew, oh, he got his face focused. The devil hates focus. The moment he sees focus, he's going to try to infiltrate it. And he infiltrates it by frustration. Get you frustrated about something else that you have got your focused on. And you become flustered, frustrated, and then you're unstable. So, don't think about him. If you, you probably, you probably are free. He just wants to make you feel like you're not free and entertain it long enough that you create a little tie and that little tie becomes a strong tie. Now you're on Instagram, you're looking at what she's doing or you're looking at what he's doing if you're a lady. And, and then now all of a sudden you tangled mentally and now you got these little ties tangled up in your mind mentally and your emotions get involved and then you start reaching out to that person. You start getting, then you're back in the tie and you're in the bed with them again. Next thing you know, you're like, dang, I just got delivered from this and now I'm back in it. So how do I emotionally, oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Josh, in the past, you asked God to break soul ties. He has broken them. And, 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 and years after you dream about those exes breaking up with you, doesn't mean your soul ties are being broken. Uh, yeah, it just depends on if, if you really have given it over to God. And the Bible talks about even what forgiveness. He says, man, uh, who was it, Ken? He was like, man, how often should I forgive my brother? Seven times. And when he says seven times, that was the law was three times and you good. So he thought, well, I'm going to get brownie points from Jesus. So if I forgive my brother seven times, I should be straight, right? And God was like, man, no. I know what the law said. The law said three times. You saying seven times look good in front of everybody. He said, no, 70 times seven. So he's saying, I want you to forgive until it's real. Fake it till you make it. You see what I'm saying? Hope to help. Leandra F. says, Hey, Coach Josh, how do I emotionally disconnect from someone who was not the person God had for me and be content in my singleness after being used to having someone? Um, you got to change your usage rate. You got to change the way you see yourself. Next week, I'm going to talk about abuse. And it's crazy how people ask questions about what I'm going to talk about next week. I'm going to talk about how to be properly used. Some people have been abnormally used for so long, they don't even know their proper usage. And so what you have to process now, Leandra, is that, God, how, how do you want to use me? There's nothing wrong with being used. You just got to be used by the right people. All of us are being used. You know what I'm saying? We just got to make sure we know our usage so that we know our use don't be abused. So, hey, Coach Josh, how do I emotionally disconnect from someone who was not the person God had for me and be content my singleness after being used to having someone? You got to recognize that someone has always been there and replace that time and that energy. Do this simply. Calculate the time you spent daily with that person. And I want you to occupy that space of time, whether it's we used to spend on, we used to be on the phone for two hours. We used to go on dates on Friday. All those different moments that are now empty spaces. I want you to fill that space with time with God and time with yourself. And over time, you forget about that someone else. You see what I'm saying? But if you if you keep those if you keep those spaces empty, when you when those spaces come become your moment, then you're going to be minding those moments and those moments going to have you be like, man, I hate this versus instead of mining the empty moments, I'm going to fill those empty moments with productive things and maximize those moments that will make me more mindful of the things that I'm supposed to be mindful of and not thinking on things that I shouldn't. So you have to look, I want you to get a sheet of paper and write down all the spaces throughout your week that was typically used with that significant person or that someone. And I want you to write down what could I, what could I uh, uh, fill into those empty spaces um, that will help me not be empty when those time of the days come that always oh, to talk at seven o'clock. Well, at seven o'clock, work on your craft at seven o'clock, read the Bible, do uh, 
be disciplined until 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 those things until your desires have been diluted into the right right place they need to be. And that's how you become content. You can become content with content. You become content when you add the right content in that season. When God becomes your content, your purpose becomes your content, your personal development becomes your content, you will begin to be, be content. You have to occupy uh, 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 that season, which could be contentment, with content. Content that keeps you inspired. Content that keeps you growing. Content that keeps you developing. Please read my question in the beginning, please. Where you at? Let me see where your question was. Did you write it back down again? Let me see. Coach, my question is on the top from the beginning of the comments. Please don't skip me. Okay, let me go up. Let me go up. I'm going to honor you. Let me see where you at. Oh, I don't forgot your name. Coach Todd. Liz Beth Marie. Okay. Let me scroll up. Let me find you. Let me find you. If you can type your question again, I can I can just scroll all the way down to the bottom and get to your question because I don't know how far you went up. Oh 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 oh, we can hear you. It's a Lizzie right right at the bottom. Right right write your question at the bottom. I'm at the bottom right now waiting on you. Go ahead and put your question right there. I I'm gonna go back to or my question is the top. Lizzie, write your question again. Write your question again so I can get to your question. I'm gonna get back to you. Inform me ASAP. I got you. I'm gonna get to you. I'm just. She was at. She was at that right point when the Q and A time. Lizzie or Liz, Liz Beth, go ahead and just write your question again. Coach, what's your thoughts on? See, see, people. See, come on now. I'm giving an opportunity, Liz. Write your question again, so I can so I can get to it. Uh, let me let me scroll up. I'm gonna give a few more seconds. Does anybody see her question somewhere? All right, people getting mad. I can feel y'all. Uh, coach, stop, stop. Get my question, coach. Let me scroll down, see if she did it again. There we go. My sister decided to have a relationship with the same sex. My family has basically has basically this on her. Do you think that they were okay? My sister decided to. My sister decided to have a relationship with the same sex. My family has basically disowned her. Do you think they were correct? No. Um, you uh, let me scroll back up to the right place. Basically, when it comes to people with that, with those lifestyles, um, I've learned with gay people um, to love them. It's through my love that they're led to be possibly to give the truth. Um, and so, the advice that I'm gonna give you about your parents is that sometimes people disown people because of how that that person's lifestyle makes them look that's selfish nobody's actions should make you feel uh, uh unstable uncertain about yourself you can't disown somebody just because they live a life that doesn't mean you condone it it doesn't mean that you endorse it it doesn't mean that you supply that lifestyle but you don't withhold your love from them how's people gonna change without love without truly like you know what listen it, it, it's okay to agree to disagree it's okay. I don't understand why people can't sit there and be like, okay, uh, I can't agree to disagree. But at the same time, that doesn't mean I limit my love towards them. So I think your parents were wrong unless that individual is being disrespectful. 
unless that person was just being blatant, disrespectful, just treating them wrong. And that parent was like, it, what you think is disowning is them dissing themselves from a behavior that's toxic around other kids, that's toxic around 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 the way because you can't just come up. They, 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 you got, at the end of the day, she has to respect her parents. I'm sitting there, I'm saying if, if the, I'm giving the flip side. So the parents is doing right, but the but the sister is doing wrong. And just being blatant, disrespectful, and trying to demand and do that kind of stuff, then your parents have a right not to disown them, but to diss themselves. But if the parents is just being like, her lifestyle is an embarrassment to us, well, your your sinful lifestyle is an embarrassment to God. Not embarrassing to God, but it's a stain. You see what I'm saying? When it comes to actually uh, um, um, helping other people come to faith. So my advice is for you to process it this way. Number one. If the daughter's being disrespectful to the parents and the parents has been trying to love on them, but the lady's just being disrespectful or whatever, then the parent has a right to say, you know what, as far as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If you can, you can come to the house, but if you come to the house being disrespectful and stuff, then it's whatever. But if the parents is in their self-righteousness and they're looking down on your sister, then they're wrong. But don't worry about what your parents are doing. What are you doing? My advice to you with those with same-sex attraction is for you to love them. It's for you to, to be God's light to them. It's for you to be there when they need you. It's for you to pray for them, not to throw stones at them, but to, but to offer them love and hope through your actions. Give them kindness, give them, give them, give them whatever. But that doesn't mean you compromise, doesn't mean you endorse or condone, but it means that the Holy Spirit will find, will find the right way within the fine line of that engagement to help you begin to help you engage her the proper way. That's my advice to you. Holy Spirit, I need your help. There, like when I got married, there were just certain things with my marriage that I didn't know I signed up for. You see what I'm saying? It's not no bad stuff. It's just stuff, stuff comes with stuff. And that you gotta help the Holy Spirit will help you handle the nuances because sometimes you get married, and I'm sure my wife got married and know there was no matter where you go in life, there's gonna be some stuff that you probably didn't sign up for, but you signed up for anyway, because it's the right thing to do. But the Holy Spirit will show you the proper way to find the balance and the right way to engage with her so that she still feels loved and supported until the right time for her to be freed. That's my advice on that. Good question. Nazuri says, after a first marriage that was not ordained by God, how do you prepare for the one God has for you? It's to forgive all actions from the previous one, to let go of the previous person. And to understand that God can refurbish, renew, re restore, and reposition you with a new person. Just I don't think God's gonna sit there and have you. Well, you messed up in your first marriage, so you suck in marriage. So I'm not gonna. No, God's gonna be like, if you're willing to learn from it, if you're willing to grow from it, if you're willing to uh, um, be healed from it, then I can I can bring whoever I. I have for you back to you. So be encouraged that 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 just because you made a mistake doesn't mean God is not gonna uh, put something new on your plate. That God's not gonna be um, the person that's gonna help you uh, 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 have the things that you desire in life. You have to say, you know what, God? Is there anything inside of me that's still hurting from the past relationship? Is there anything in me that hasn't grown in that? And don't worry about growing to get. Just growing to be legit. That's it. Oh, I'm telling the Holy Spirit speaking today. Don't don't just grow to get like I'm growing so I can get a man. I'm growing so I can get a woman. No, grow to be legit. Too legit to quit. Hey, hey, hey. You see what I'm saying? Too legit. I'm just too legit to quit. I'm not growing to get. I'm growing to just be legit. Legitimate for whatever God has to the legacy of my life. That's what you do. Don't worry about if you messed up in a previous marriage. Learn from that. 
because statistics say, now who knows these statistics are true, that people who divorce once are, are, are prone to divorce again because most people who divorce once keeps the exit strategy in their mind. And so, oh, if the next one don't work, I just divorce again. No, you learn. You learn about what from you learn from what happened poorly in your previous marriage. You get a proper perspective on how God views marriage. You practice patterns that make you legitimate for marriage. And you trust God to when that marriage comes. But you don't do all this for marriage. You do this all for ministry to God. Every you become a greater minister for others when you are a, a, a premium minister to God. If you know how to minister to God, you'll know how to minister to a husband or a wife or minister to a marriage, minister to children, etc. So don't let your past mistakes make you feel like you're not ready for the next thing that God it wants to serve on your plate. Hope to help. Roba Beers uh, Buyer says, hey, coach, I have a lot of insecurities and my church just made me youth leader. I need help and I don't know why God did it. I told him not to. Usually. God uses those who says, God, I don't want to, because they have a right sense of perspective. They have a right sense of desire and need for God's help. Um, I remember when I went to my pastor, when I stopped doing Unplug locally, and I said, Pastor, listen, man, God has called me to something higher, bigger than what I've been doing, and I really need uh, uh, to just sit and just learn and be mentored and grow. I told him in the meeting, I said, I don't want to preach. I ain't trying to preach. I ain't trying to be seen. I ain't trying to do nothing. I'm just trying to learn and grow because what I've done for the last 10 years of ministry taught me what I need to know now. But if I keep practicing ministry, I won't learn. I'd rather submit myself to another person that has done ministry for 40 more years than me or 35 more years than me. And I just want to learn and grow. Two or three weeks later, he had me preaching. Not at the church, but to the youth. I'm like, bro, I ain't want to preach. Usually when you are when you don't want to do a thing, you reverence that thing more than people who want to do that thing eagerly. You see what I'm saying? People want to do things eagerly and quickly don't really revere that thing. But those who revere that and honor that, they don't rush to that. And sometimes God qualifies those people and put those people in his business because they have the right, they have the right level of reverence for that position, a right level of reverence for God. So God says, I'd rather trust a person who is not as talented as this person, but this person has a greater reverence for me. So I trust them. And so if 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 you are in that position, you're going to feel insecure. It is it is normal to have insecurities. It's normal for insecurities to rise, but it's not it's wrong to give to make those insecurities alive. See, insecurities are going to rise, arise, but don't give them life. So every time I do these videos, I'm like, man, I really like, man, there's people who got better illustrations, the people that's better than me. And I'm sitting there like, God, and God's like, son, who made your lips, bro? Who created you, bro? Me, bro. Who's speaking through you, bro? Me. And I realized my security cannot be in me as in God. So therefore, since I reverence this so much, God, I don't want to say nothing that you don't want to say. And then you will do, you will handle that position marvelously because of your mindfulness of just how precious that position is. Now, hey, coach, I have a lot of insecurities in my church has made me youth pastor. Now what you got to do, my friend, you got to say, okay, God, here are my insecurities. Because now that God has secured you into a position, if you feel confirmation from that, like you feel like, God, I know God placed me here. I'm just nervous. Then you got to say, God, I trust you. Man, every time I speak, I'm nervous. 
now I'm not, I don't got deep nerves, but I'm like, God, man, man, like, like today we had a tornado warning. I was locked up in a gym with, with 200 kids who I'm their father figure. I'm father figure to 98% of them. And they crying and uh, coach Josh, man, are we going to die? And I'm like, nah, we ain't going to die, bro. Do you know who's in the gym? I wanted to be all like, do you know who's in the gym with y'all? If I'm in the gym with you, wherever I'm at, we ain't dying now because no, no, no. Or tornado can be all around this school. I said, I told, I looked, I opened my door to my office. I saw my truck right there. I said, if, if a tornado drops here, you ain't touching my truck. <laughs> the, the truck that got me here is the truck that's going to take me home. So if a tornado come, you ain't touching my Durango. You ain't touching my, my office. And wherever I'm at, you ain't touching where I'm at. It's that simple, bro. A thousand may fall at my left. 10,000 at my right won't come to me. What I'm trying to say was, I'm super tired. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They had me ripping and running, bringing food to kids, bringing, I brought 200 milks to kids, feeding kids. I was just doing ministry today. What I'm saying is, I was like, God, I'm tired, yo. I do not feel like doing this today. Did it? So was I was I kind of nervous in the beginning? Oh, man, I got, I got three, four water bottles here. And I'm saying I'm nervous. Yeah, you're going to be nervous. But the Holy Spirit, and it just shifting gears, and the Holy Spirit will use you. This is the moment we're in life, my friend, where you begin to say, Holy Spirit, we, it's me and you, bro. <laughs> we, you got to be best friends now. Because there's insecurity there. And you all, those insecurity becomes uh, uh, diluted when you trust the one that's called you. God did it because you revered that position. That's why he did it. And the fact that you told him not to is the reason why he's letting you. Because you have the right level of reverence to honor that position. But keep honoring it. Do not let yourself get the big head. Yes, I got a lot of wisdom. Yes, I put words together well. Yes, 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 yes. Other people people be praising me all the time, but I always give God glory because even if I was dope at this, it's, it's still in him that I live moving at my being. It don't matter how talented you are. You breathing his air to do it. So he deserves glory because if you breathe in his, his air and he ain't charging you for it, he deserves glory. That's why I do. That's why I can never leave God because I'm using his air to do what he need, needs me to do. So you always get the glory. Always make sure God gets the glory. Never become big-headed in your own mind. Hope that helps. Coach, info me ASAP. Coach, I recently went on a date. I felt like we were speaking the same stuff. I ended the night feeling confident about it. However, he never reached out. It's been two weeks. Don't call him. That's games. Anybody can put their best forward in the beginning of a day. Everybody put their best forward. But I think the reason why he ain't called you in two weeks because he wasn't able to get between those sheets. It's that simple. If you don't get it, if some people, if they don't get within the sheets within the first 20 minutes, 20 minutes after the day is over, they ain't going to call you for weeks. Because why? Well, I'm going to call you. I ain't getting no benefits. So what you got to do is if you keep calling, you're going to intrigue him into thinking they can get back in those sheets again. And then your desperate need, not you, but your desperate need for love will cause you to deepen or not deepen, but cause your standards to be diluted. And then you'll be like, well, to at least keep him calling me, let me at least let him in. And for him to keep calling me, keep giving me attention. See, people who, who who have who have embraced the attention of God don't look for attention of other people. So what I mean by that is don't call him. If he ain't called you first off, you he's supposed to pursue you. See, 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 see confidence. See, people can fake that conversation is good, but if the conversation don't lead to the goods, 
then you know good to them. Just because you know good to them don't mean you ain't good. You good because God is good. There's only one good, and that's the Father. You see what I'm saying? And until you recognize that he is good, that goodness will lead you to repentance, and that repentance will lead you to the right way of living and the right way of thinking, and then you won't even get caught up in thinking about responding to no man calling you back. It's that simple. So what I would tell you is, let him kick rocks. If he ain't called you in two weeks, you the prize, girl. You the prize. I didn't mean for you to get arrogant, but, but you were created to be pursued. God made the man to be the hunter. And, 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 and the one who hunts, depending on the hunting, will determine how much he keeps what he hunts. So that's why women cannot uh, keep making things easy for these men. These easy, these easy men won't never become efficient or effective if it's easy prey. So you got to get to a place where you say, you know what? Why am I here? Why am I thinking this way? Why do I need to hear from him? And uh, don't worry about have you have you don't worry about if you have heard from him. The question is, are you are your ears open to hear from him to receive true validation on who you are, so that you won't be looking for validation from someone else? So, coach, I really went on a date. I felt like we were speaking the same stuff. Yeah, is it the same stuff? Is always the same stuff on the first date. The same stuff, the same stuff. They, they, they look at your Instagram. In this modern day of dating, the people can research you before they reach out to you. So what they do is God, 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 church, church, God, Jesus, quotes, quotes, Bible verses, okay. Now I'm just going to talk the good stuff. Yeah, I love Jesus, man. He's my Lord and Savior. You know what I'm saying? You know, I read the word. What church you go to? I go to, you know, I go, I go to, I go to this church. Okay. Oh, that's a mega church. Oh, yeah, I go to the central. I don't ever see. But yeah, no, nah, I go to the third service, you know, 430. And they say all the right stuff. Yeah, I love God too. And then when you walk out, oh, that was great. Well, I'm a life, I'm living life of celibacy. I'll catch you on the flip side. It was great spending time with you. Oh, oh. You ain't gonna hear back from him. And if you ain't heard back from him in two weeks, so what? Just not everybody know how to recognize value. Some people want they want low-level fruit. People who have weak branches have low-level fruit. If you strengthen the branch, the fruit is high. If the fruit is high, you got to climb high to get. So many people, the reason why nobody works hard for you, nobody wants works hard to stay with you because you got low level fruit. Low level fruit means your branches are so weak. Your character is so weak. Your mindset is so weak. Your perspectives on life is so weak that your fruit hangs low. What you mean by your fruit? Your goods hang low. And so the man is like, oh, I got these goods quick. And they start eating the goods, start playing with the goods, start doing stuff with the goods. And then all of a sudden, you know good because you're nothing but a rapper. He ate his, he ate his share through the rapper away. But when you strengthen your branch and you make yourself a branch strong in the vine of God and you anchor yourself high and the fruit is high, he has to climb the tree. He has to climb God to get to your fruit. How high is he on the things of God will determine how 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 able he is to get to that fruit. And sometimes sometimes people just let their branches get weak over time and their fruit hang low. And people's like, why am I going to try to chase that girl and get with that girl up there whose fruit is strong? Her branches are strong and it's way up there when I could just grab these low-level fruit. Are you a low-level fruit or are your branch strong enough where the fruit is high and that person has to climb God to get to you? That man has to climb God to get to you. That man has to climb higher heights to God to get to his daughter. That's what a real man of God does. A real man of God don't mess around with a low-level fruit. It's too easy. Men of God want to hunt. Men of God want to work hard because a wife is worth it. A wife is worth the work.
And if he ain't called you in two weeks, then he don't recognize your value. But the question is, is not who else can recognize value because it's going to be a bunch. There's a lot of men that go to women who know their value and and and, and, and walk away from those women. The women don't care because they know their value. But when a man, when you allow another person's validation or perspective of your value to cause you to warp within yours, then you haven't spent enough time with God. If that's him. So every lady, listen to me. In the meantime, build your branch, strengthen your branch, and make sure you have the vine within. Make sure you have the vine in line. Make sure you got the vine in for the for the branch who bears more fruit. He prunes that branch. He has to prune that branch so that branch can become stronger. So there won't be no hindrance of the vine, the flow of joy, the flow of love, the flow of peace, the flow of patience, the flow of long service to keep that branch strong so that you can bear fruit. No woman should be weak branches with low level fruit. You should be strong branches with high level fruit that a man has to climb God to get to your goods. Hope to help. And those goods happen after marriage. Time for two more and I got to go. We can hear and understand. I'm so glad, Keisha. Don't reach out that no response could be a blocking blessing. That's right. God be like, man, blocking me. He can't even get to you. Let God block. God block it. Coach, my question is. on the. Oh, okay. I already got your question. Okay. I ain't skip you. Never right, never get comfortable. That's right. Oh, I see. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you. These questions are helping me. God bless. I'm so glad. That makes sense. I have a long way to go with God's help. Thanks, Coach. You're so welcome. God gets going. Coach, you skip me. I got you. My question is on the beginning. I got you too. Coach, you skip me. I got you. Coach, what's your thoughts on vivid imaginations? Um, you just got to make sure you be able to recognize the difference between a vain vivid imagination and a valid vivid imagination because the Holy Spirit is uh, He's good at motion pictures. You know what I'm saying he he got that 4K. He he can make he can make something look so good that you that you feel like that is good for you. You just got to be able to understand the authority of God. Let me break down that scripture down for you. I'm gonna give you the word. The word the word heals. Um, let's look at the scripture. Second uh, Corinthians 10:5 says, "Casting the oh, let me give you let me give you the whole verse for uh, for Second Corinthians 10 to Second uh, Corinthians Corinthians 10." Read that in the ESV, my family. I got to give you the word because I want you to hear the word so you'll know the word for yourself. Uh, the, the text reads, uh, okay. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroying of strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought kept to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedient when our obedience is complete. What is that text is basically saying? Is that you can only cast down at the level of your understanding of Christ. If you don't understand Christ and the word of God and what it is to live this life, you're not going to be able to know because there's lofty opinions. But but the loftiest place, the, the, the highest place is the most high. But most people don't think at that highest level. So the devil throws lofty stuff. He throws stuff that's high. And it seems like it's up there where the most high is. But it's not where the most high is. It's, it's, it's underneath the most high. But when you are not progressively desiring to know the highest thing, the premium thing, the original definition of a thing from from the dictionary of God, then then the devil just got to throw something just 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 a few feet up and you be like, oh, I'll take that. But 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 when you know the things of God, you're able to cast down the right imaginations. You'll be able to say, I know what the word of God says about that. That's a vain imagination. I know what the word of God says about that. That's a valid imagination. If you don't know the word. If you don't allow the word, if you don't allow the word to work on you, the word won't work for you. 
You got to let the word work on you so that the word can work for you. The word works by faith. The word works by belief. The word works by comprehension. The word works by understanding. The word works by application. And so the more you know the word, the more you know the things of Christ, the more you're able to cast down everything, even if it's lofty, even if it's high up. You know how to destroy every argument, every lofty opinion raised against the authority of Christ. And you take every thought captive, discipline in your mind to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to write down what those imaginations are. And I want you to skim through the word of God. You can go to Google and type in scriptures on whatever that imagination is and find out what the word of God says. I want you to write that imagination beside the word of God. And I want you to just use your common sense and use the Holy Spirit sense to compare the two and be like, that's vain or that's valid. That's how you handle vivid imaginations. You line them up to the word of God and you, and if the word of God is not clear about it, then you say, Holy Spirit, show me the nuance. So the, the word of God is going to show you the basics. The Holy Spirit is going to show you, the, the Bible is going to show you the basics for a lot of things, basic instructions before leaving earth. It's going to show you a lot of basics. The Holy Spirit with the word of God handles the nuances. He'll show you scriptures that helps you with the nuance, but it may be on a broader sense, but he'll show you some principles, some truths that, that handles the nuances of your situation so that you'll be able to really process those vain or valid imaginations. I love you all. Y'all know I do, but I got to go. Coach has long had a long day and uh, um, I've been going for an hour and 58 minutes now, but I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll probably do another live Q&A this weekend. If not this weekend, Monday for sure, Lord willing. Um, all of my all everything you know about me is on my website. I am unplugged.com. Six books, book on warfare. World War Me is a book on warfare, the purpose of uh, singleness, which is the book for this course on my website. Uh dating prep is for those who are dating themselves in the in, a, in a, the, the love of their life. Um, the purpose of freedom is a book on soul ties and strongholds. As he says, my first children's book, uh, Asiums for the students I serve, Asiums for kids, help them understand life and, and to live it to the fullness. And my book unplug, which is the top things to unplug from, um, two card games, a guard, a card game called memory muscle helps you memorize scripture in a fun way with yourself, or with friends on my website, dating preps, a card game, great question to ask while you're dating the one God has for you. Or if you're in a dating relationship right now, you unsure about it. Great questions to ask to, so God can reveal whether this is, is trash or, 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 or good for you. Um, and all that good stuff, uh, lifework.teachable.com for this course, t-shirts on my website. If you want to give the support our mentoring program, we start in March now. Now that this month is pretty full for us, so we're going to start in March. Um, so we need your support. And if you just want to give for what I do here, you can do that as well. Um, you donate on my website to help me with this channel. You can um, give to the mentoring program, books, card games, many ways for you to support and help this channel. Help us out. Love y'all. Next week, we're going to talk about abuse. And how to know your normal use in singleness so that you won't be abused in your singleness or in a relationship or at the workplace, etc. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next week. And uh, the Holy Spirit, it's his turn now. I'm just a TA. He's the original teacher. And he's here to help you. Love y'all. See you next week or soon. And we'll live Q&A. Peace.